The date is Friday, September 24th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we're following Alex on a tall tale of nostalgia, mystery, and a long trail that leads to the rediscovery of old memories. But what happens when a specific piece of childhood has been lost? Well, the search for this is what the story is all about, so enjoy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment. Let's entertain this. Entertain this. I we it. haven't gotten like a good, like classic entertain this intro in so long. <laughs> You're not not anymore. I'm no more. That. It's not happening anymore. Nope. Fine. Well, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm just just Nick. And this is entertain this. We got some splainings to do, boys, before we get into this episode. What I do? Before we get into this one right here, we got some splainings to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it is the fourth episode of the month, Mm -hmm. and people who are listening back to the Entertain This archives... Uh, they en- they enjoy the rotation because it's a variety. They're used to it being, you know, one of the boys, one of the boys, one of the boys. All right, the boys take a break and they bring on a guest, right? Right, right, right. That's the pattern that we've established. That's our forte, if you would. That's what we do. That's how we do it up in here. Mm-hmm. But uh, not this month. Because... Uh, we have something very special. We have a very special guest coming on um, the next episode. And we, uh, for scheduling reasons, had to switch up the order a little bit to make it work. Uh, but the guest is a very special guest, so we are happy to do that. That being said, to solve the conundrum of what we do, we had two options uh, that were presented in our little group chat that organizes the podcast. The first being that we were going to record the guest episode, edit it and do all the post-production basically in like three or four hours, uh, set it all to upload by Friday, which would have been the next day and then call it quits. But we decided instead we were just going to switch weeks and I was going to take this week and we were going to do the guest episode next week. So you guys are actually get two guest episodes next month, which is pretty dope. Actually, it's probably going to be one guest episode and one very special spooktacular since next month's October. But either way, you're going to get two special episodes next month. But unfortunately, uh, as payment, you have to pay the troll toll to get into (laughs) October. Uh, And the troll toll is you're going to have to listen to another Alex episode. So you're getting two Alex episodes. Well, that's not even true because we did the spider, the spider verse debates. So the Alex episode this month kind of got switched around anyway. So (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) So you know what? It all works itself out in the wash. The point is, hi, I'm going to host today's episode and it's going to be a wild one because we didn't realize. Let's face facts. My mistake until about two days ago. So. I have spent that time thinking on a subject that I could talk about today, thinking long and hard, and then instead of a proper execution, I've been playing Minecraft with Nick. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I did some planning today, and I'm hoping that this goes well 
for your average Alex episode. So stick with us, uh, stick around because this episode is going to be wild. And also next week, you're going to get a super special guest episode. With all that being said, uh, sit back, relax, and entertain this. That's that's my intro this week. Was it good? Okay. <laughs> nice. Acceptable. So, guys, there there's a crossroad that this podcast often finds itself at. Uh, one that I think we favor more um, when looking at entertainment. It's our own little special salt that we add to the uh, to the stew to give it that little us taste um oftentimes when we talk about entertainment we circle it back around to uh emotion or thought or psychology uh we often joke hey we're not uh, like psychology this or like philosophy this we're entertained this but entertainment is so deeply uh cemented in our own psychology just the act of entertaining is sort of like puppeteering somebody's psycho self you know somebody's person or being it's the voodoo doll um, thing you have somebody with a voodoo doll you and pulling all the strings putting a needle in your yeah. arm or something i don't know exactly i mean that's what entertainment is it's something that's like hey uh here's something that your brain enjoys your brain's like hey this is good so i'm gonna make it and you're gonna like it and mm-hmm. that's entertainment at its core right we can all kind of agree on that sure yeah So that's probably why, as a podcast, we often loop it around to psychology and philosophy when we talk about entertainment. Mm -hmm. I think this week will be the first week that I start off by telling you this episode is heavily based around psychology, Um, almost more so than entertainment. Uh, This is going to be a wild ride, so just stick here with me. But I'm going to start the way we usually do by asking a sort of open question that we can have a conversation about. And that question is, uh, what do you guys think when I say the word nostalgia? Ooh. Uh, my immediate thought was like orange VHSs, slime on TV. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hi, my name is by Eminem. Uh mm. <laughs> For me, my name is. Yeah. But anyways, I for me like nostalgia just goes back to like late '90s, early 2000s. Any form of like media consumed by generally children. That was like that's it. That's for me nostalgia. Sure. Hmm. Okay. I guess my headspace is a little different <laughs> for obvious reasons, but. Um, because recently I had the Mixed nostalgia is World War Two. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it this episode. No, it's not. Nobody looks upon that particular group of viewers with any sort of nostalgia. And if you do, there's something wrong with you. Anyways, I feel like Nick, I feel like Nick watches like the beach storming scene from Saving Private Ryan. He's like, ah, the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I was watching a, a YouTube um documentary of sorts about dead malls uh so i Mm. guess just where my head is in this particular moment is like there used to be a particular mall um in our local kind of tri-state area that i used to go with go to like all the time with my parents i spent a lot of time there and now seeing it how it is now it's kind of like it's obviously run down because you know what mall isn't around here um but it's just like it's looking back on it 
with a sense of like, hey, I remember when this was, this place was hopping, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a sad kind of nostalgia, I guess, but that's, uh, that's what I think of. Yeah. Nostalgia is this like interesting concept that I feel almost walks in parallel with entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. You'll notice that I didn't ask you like what forms of entertainment make you nostalgia or like nostalgic, but Michael, you went to like orange VHS tapes and Eminem and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, which is so very deeply rooted in entertainment. Um, Malls used to be a form of entertainment too. We forget that. Yeah, that, that's true. You're right. People did used to go and have like mall dates and stuff like that, which is also a form of entertainment. <laughs> it's totally bizarre um, to me now. Like, what? You're gonna go shopping? Go, go on the, the 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 website with all the the stuff on it, and you get what you want there. What are you <laughs> walking around right. a mall? <laughs> so for me, nostalgia has been almost rampant recently with. Uh, more recently, uh, Disney Plus has become one of the main stages of like different kinds of streaming, which mm-hmm. we didn't have before. We only had like Netflix. This I'm sending us down a weird path. This isn't where the episode's staying, but like DCOMs, you could just like watch any of them, like Luck of the Irish or like My mm-hmm. 13th Year. You can just turn them on and watch them now, and it's nuts. And like watching those also fill me with this like deep form of nostalgia. Um, <laughs> Can but I it do doesn't a side have story real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is kind of funny and equally tragic, I guess. But so I go to one of those dentists with the screen in the ceiling, you know, where they have some sort of entertainment playing mm-hmm. as their screen your... in the ceiling. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool place. What? Yeah, my previous dentist used to have it on a wall, but now it's in the ceiling. So you're laying back, and you can look up, and you can watch whatever they want. So recently i was just there for a routine checkup you know like like happens and they were playing uh what's that one with the two lindsey lohan twins the parent trap the parent trap Mm -hmm. yeah it was on and i was like i was racking my brain because i was like have i seen this before and i probably did back in the day but looking at it i was like oh it's it's a weird nostalgia thing it was a weird kind of uh duality kind of thing going on because i was like simultaneously nostalgic looking at this but it was also in a little bit of pain because you know how they they scrape the shit out of your teeth yeah uh, while you're doing that so <laughs> pain yeah, and nostalgia I mean, have this interesting and complex relationship throughout time so yeah the the brain is an interesting thing um because for all you know, the next time you watch that, you'll be like, oh, I remember that one time I was at the dentist. <laughs> and like, now that's the memory you associate with the parent trap is pain, which you're probably not alone in that feeling, but you have a very interesting reason why. Yeah. Um, Neurons that fire together, wire together. Don't forget that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nick, you have you kind of brought me into my next point with your nostalgic feelings towards the mall because... I was going to say nostalgia doesn't have to be a piece of media that you consume or something like that. It doesn't have to be like the old Chuck E. Cheese ad spaces on Nickelodeon, which (laughs) always fill me with nostalgia to think about. It can be a place. There are places that you can go that make you feel nostalgic. Um, For example, just around we we've mentioned we're three Cincinnati boys. So just around Cincinnati, some places that are super nostalgic for me include like Union Terminal, the museum center, Mm. Um, train station. Yeah, I imagine that that entertainment junction has a special place in your heart. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Another being um, like the Newport Aquarium is super nostalgic for me walking through there. 
I'm like thrusted back into my five year old body, like not tall enough to see into the tanks and having to have my grandpa lift me up. Um, but another one is the uh, Cincinnati Public Library is very nostalgic mm. for me. Hmm. Yeah, because that was a place where me and my grandpa again went during like the summer to go and hang out and they had a big kids section with a bunch of kids books and it was themed for like a it looks like a park but inside because everything was themed to be trees or plants or bugs and stuff like that so you felt like you were at the park but you were there reading books Hmm. um and i hadn't thought about that place in a really long time until recently and that's kind of where this story is heading uh but before we get there let me ask you another question all right shoot do you guys, when you think of nostalgia, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Ooh, I would say the only I I always associate nostalgia with a good feeling. Yeah, it's it's complex. I'll, I'll say that much. It's like a a good bourbon, right, Michael? It has a complex <laughs> flavor. I'm right. only just, talking to Michael. Uh, okay, I sorry, was there I'll talk too. To you. <laughs> I was there too with Dr. Steve Price, MD. <laughs> I still don't know too much about bourbon, but anyway, it's it's a complex flavor. It's a complex emotion. It's not just good or bad. But if I had to lean in to one particular side, I'd say, well, it's a good feeling because you 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 seek out that particular feeling. Like, I guess people seek out pain too, in a weird yeah. way. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess for me, the distinction is like. You can have like the overall feeling of thinking back on something in the past with some sort of emotional connection. The good part of that is nostalgia. The mm-hmm. bad part of that is trauma. Or regret yeah. even too. Like yeah. that's interesting. That that this place that you used to go to is like almost gone now, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it can nostalgia can be a bittersweet feeling because you're thinking back on the good part of it that is now bad. Now, you guys are stumbling upon an interesting point, which is there's two different ways of thinking of nostalgia that are very different. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say either is right or either is wrong, but there's a way of nostalgia being a thought that you have or a memory and existing within that memory. And then there's nostalgia where you're in it. You're you're swimming mm-hmm. in nostalgia. You've gone to that place that you've thought of when you were a kid, that you remembered when you were a kid. You've revisited it. You're present in that situation. And you're like, I'm back. I'm in nostalgia right now. I'm experiencing it. And it's so nice. But then, like you said, there's that flip side where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, man, I crave so badly for this thing that I used to experience that just doesn't exist anymore. I can't get my hands on it it doesn't exist and that hurts me because it feels like i'm a puzzle and that piece is missing somebody's hiding it from me and i'm not going to be complete till i find it you know yeah so that's why it's such a complex feeling but i want to go into the history of nostalgia real quick before we continue on down a more self-indulgent story that i have prepared for you guys today (laughs) i want to talk about nostalgia as it was first created in the 17th century um Nostalgia is a it's actually a combination of two words that I know I can't pronounce because they're in other languages, but I'm going to give it my <laughs> it's own. Latin. Spoiler it's warning. nostos and uh, algos. So nostos, yeah, algos. Oh, can I take a stab at this? Go ahead. Nostos is. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the future. 
You're welcome to because of me, but Nostradamus. Algos, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and then that's Algos, interesting. Algos is pain because you have you okay. think about anti-analgesics that are like basically painkiller drugs. Sure, um, that's where they get their Latin root for it. Hey, you got fifty percent right. Hey! That's pretty good, <laughs> Michael. Do you want to take a crack at what uh, nostos means? Nostos. Uh, Nose. <laughs> I was immediately thought of like. It's got something to do with like long nose hairs. Um, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, no, I literally have zero clue. <laughs> okay, no worries. I just want to see if you two could, together with your combined brains, come up with this whole thing. No, um, you're, ta- you're talking to two people that just spent the last like eight or nine hours like mentally focusing on something that we get paid for. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, fun. so no, no stos, spoiler alert, no stos means homecoming. Homecoming. So you got Nostos and then Algos, which means homecoming pain, also known as. Nostalgia. No, no. Homesick, being homesick, homesickness. That feeling that you got at the sleepover when you just wanted to go home and lay in your own bed and not deal with people anymore. That's called being homesick. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I wish. Nostalgia actually comes from the combination of nostos and algos, nostalgia, which uh, was originally shown in um, some Swiss mercenaries who were fighting away from home. As they thought back on their Swiss Alp homes, they grew physically ill. They were sick and tired and depressed. Um, And they had put this feeling of sadness on nostalgia. And it wasn't until more recent medicine discovered that like, there's a clear difference between homesickness and nostalgia, which is that fine line that we're walking when we talk about nostalgia. Uh, Nostalgia actually has a lot of really great benefits. Um, Some of the more specific ones that I find interesting are they can kind of center you back in reality. If ever you feel sort of lost. Um, But more importantly, nostalgia is a way of us to identify who we are. There are these memories that we have that are so concrete in our minds that whenever we are sort of trying to trying to explain our identity, it's often these nostalgic memories that come to mind when we talk about our past and how we got to where we are. Uh, It's just kind of human nature to want to create these strings of story uh, and label it as our identity. This is who we are and how we got here. This explains my actions and why I do things. Um, From a more neurological standpoint, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the idea of sort of mental paths. Our our brain is full of electronic Mm -hmm. shocks that control different parts of our, our minds, our bodies, some would argue our spirits, and to form a habit is to walk a path so many times that it becomes routine and your brain's able to do it like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So Basically. your brain acts, your brain, in my head at least, how I imagine it, acts as sort of a, a wooded grove that you walk through every day to get home. Uh, there's a path that you walk through every single day, and if you're walking that path, eventually you're going to stomp the grass down, you All no like trees are going to grow there, and you're going to get like a path that you see on a regular walking trail. Mm-hmm. It's going to be easy to navigate, and you're going to go straight through. But if one day you decide, I'm going to take a different path, or for some reason the path that you usually take is blocked off, and you have to find a different path around to get to that same place, that path that you started on becomes overgrown. 
and plants grow there and eventually it sort of loses its way. But when you walk through the woods, you still see those paths. They're just paths that you're like, oh, that path is overgrown, but it's still there. I think of nostalgia as being a purposeful walk down those overgrown paths. It's like there is a familiarity and a comfort in being surrounded by what used to be so comfortable to me. It reminds me, Alex, that no matter how far away I've gotten from who I was, I'm still that person and I'm able to be that person. Um, Hmm. Our brain also has a (laughs) I guess so. A little bit. Like you used to think, I I used to be five years old and I used to have like an irrational fear of haunted trains. So it's true. Is your whole life trains? Yeah. (laughs) A lot of it is. I won't lie. Is that like on purpose or was that an accident? No, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in another episode. I don't want to spoil anything right now, but you know. Okay. He's planning. He's he's (laughs) planting the seeds for harvest later. Better yet, I'm plotting. Uh (laughs) So I sort of alluded to the story before that I want to tell you guys today, and I think it's about time that I get into it. Um, But this story starts in another very interesting way that our brain messes with who we are as people, which is our subconscious, our subconscious state of being and our subconscious mind. Um, That's truly where this story starts is in my subconscious, where one night in about 2017, maybe 2018, I had a dream. And the dream consisted of nothing more than a pixelated 3D pig. I didn't know why, but I... We talking Minecraft or... No, we're talking like the pig stood up on its hind legs. Okay. <laughs> it was it was a, a chubby pig. I knew that much. And I knew a couple of other things. I knew, one, that its name was Piggy. I was like, okay. that pig's name is Piggy. <laughs> Two, that pig was about to jump out of a plane. We were in a plane at the time. That pig's about <laughs> to jump out of this plane and parachute. That's what's happening. And three, there's going to be a narrator with a British voice that goes, no, Piggy, you can't do that. I knew those three things. And I watched in the dream as the pig jumped out of the plane and parachuted down into this magic world. And I didn't know what the world was, but it was sort of like Candyland. And when I woke up, I remembered all of it. I remembered... (laughs) The pig, I remembered the plane, I remembered the British woman, and I remembered Candyland. And I thought, this is all very nostalgic. What is this? And I remember there being... (laughs) No, hold on, Nick. Okay, I'm sorry. Come on, you know I'm I'm getting somewhere. (laughs) So I remember thinking to myself, I've played this game. I've played the character Piggy, and I've been in this world before. Like, really, I've been in this world. Okay. And I remembered a game from my childhood. I remembered something nostalgic. I remembered a game with all of those things that was on a computer at the Cincinnati Public Library. And I remember sitting there with my grandfather and playing this game for hours at the Cincinnati Public Library, sitting right there under the computer desks that had a giant two-dimensional tree growing out of them. Um, 
I remembered after playing the game, walking over to a corner that was like a little alcove and sitting in a big comfy chair with my grandpa as he read me a Maisie Mouse pop-up book that I liked because it had the little pull tabs. You know, the ones that like you would pull it and it would like show secret hidden doors and like tell you other things about the story or like it'd be a tree. You'd pull the door and it'd show like there are three apples in the tree or whatever. Love that. I used to love them because they had all those fun functions in the book. I thought it was neat. And I was like... In in today's world, I'm I can play this game again. I can take a walk down that overgrown path mm-hmm. with the internet. It's like I can just look it up. I can like download a somebody's uploaded this game to, to like somewhere. All I have to do is kind of search the things I remember. Search Piggy. Search CD-ROM game. Search children's educational game. Search. Um, like woman's voice search skydiving pig nothing i looked up all of that stuff and i found nothing Hmm. there was there was no game like that i was like okay well the one thing that i know for sure the one thing that's concrete is this game was at the cincinnati public library i played it there as a kid I would have had to have. So I emailed the cincinnati public library back in 2017 and i was like (laughs) hey Hi, my name's Alex. Here's my story. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if you guys have maybe a system that you can look this up in or if you have like a catalog of the games that you used to keep on the computers. But I'm in desperate I'm in desperate need of this game. I'm looking for it. And at this point, I'm not even sure if it's a real game or if this is just a dream that uh, I had conjured and create a false memory about false memories are another interesting thing our brain does. If there's a gap in your memory, your brain wants to fill in that part of the story and it'll come up with whatever it has to, to make you remember it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not consciously aware of it, but I'm sure it's happened before. It's this strange idea of like, there's experiments done where people have, uh, taken people in like their sixties and they've showed them four pictures from their childhood. But one of the pictures is Photoshopped and they're like, tell me what was happening in this moment, like with these four pictures mm-hmm. and they'll come up with a way that that Photoshopped picture fits into the narrative. Mm-hmm. They create a Ooh. false memory around that picture to make yeah. it fit. Yeah. Pictures are so believable. When you see a picture on the internet, you think, well, obviously your first, your first judgment is like, yeah, it's true. Of course it happened. But yeah, then you like start reading in the Reddit comments like this is Photoshop, then you can tell it's like oh, then you kind of feel it's a little a, bad. <laughs> diving into another interesting thing our brain does, it's the uh, Mandela effect, sort oh, of. Yeah. <laughs> like your brain has tricked you into thinking one way, but it's Bernstein. actually another way, or yeah. whatever. Bears. Yeah. But to kind of get back to it, I emailed them and I'm like, here's everything I know. Here's like. I was there with my grandpa this day. We played this game. I remember it specifically because we were playing this game, wasting time because you guys had a dog there and you were doing this program where kids could read to dogs. They were like, all of that (laughs) seems legit. Like that all seems like stuff we do, but this game doesn't exist in our system. They were like, there's, there's no game like this. They're like, we have the Carmen San Diego's. We have the putt putt saves the zoo. We have, you know, pajama Sam. We got all those, but we don't have anything about a pig. Mm -hmm. Pajama seems like good shit. So I'm like, I don't, okay, fine. Uh, And it stayed in the back of my head as this memory. Until more recently, um, as you guys know, I went on an expedition recently to get a library card. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> it is it is a grueling process around here because the only way that you can get a library card for the Cincinnati Public Library is if you have a Campbell County Public Library. So I had to get two library cards to get one library card. The reason I was trying to get a Cincinnati Public Library card was because they have a makerspace there and I wanted to make stickers for this podcast. It so, was a rabbit hole. <laughs> so it was a rabbit hole. You got there. We love bureaucracy. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. So I I made it through all the steps and I was standing in the Cincinnati Public Library, which is currently under construction. And I was signing up for my library card when I started looking around and realized that nothing seemed familiar. I was like, I've been here, though. Like, I've for sure been here before. I was here a thousand times when I was a kid. But the only part that mattered to me was like, the kids area that's the only part that i cared about so that's the only part that i guess my brain decided to remember so i'm lost in the cincinnati public library long story short i've made it to a desk i've signed up for a library card and now i am lost in this library um (laughs) just for those lost i mean (laughs) well no of course not uh but just for those of you who aren't from cincinnati and don't know cincinnati does this cool thing with architecture where they build bridges inside so like you'll be in one building and then you walk across like a glass bridge and then you end up in another building like two blocks over and you're like how'd i get here i have to cross several streets to get back to where i was before (laughs) what's going on here it's a very confusing system but it works for some people so we take it um but i am looking for the kids section because i have this memory in my head that this game exists and i at least want to like walk the path a little further this familiar path of overgrown brush that i'm trying to venture down and i'm like i just want to walk in you guys know i talked about in my spider-man episode i was really close to my grandfather when i was a kid uh that's that's obvious it's it's one of the things that has majorly shaped the person who i am um and i just wanted to walk in that place one more time and just look around and be like it's here like it was real like my my timeline that i built to myself exists right Mm -hmm. so i'm looking around and i'm like can you guys point me uh to the like kids library and they're like yeah sure so they point me in the way of it and it's moved it's like a completely different part of the library now there's there's no theming there's no like it's it's red walls and kids books there's no comfy areas there's no computer set up to play games None of that is there anymore. Uh, So I'm trying to walk down this path and it seems more and more like trees have fallen in my way, you know? And at what point do you turn around? You're like, okay, this path doesn't exist anymore. Or did it ever exist? You have to wonder, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I'm, I'm trying to figure out where in the library it used to be because this building hasn't changed. If they move the books, fine, but that room still exists here somewhere. Eventually, I put it out of my mind, and I'm like, I need to get out of here. I think I had something else going on that day, but I wanted to see the makerspace. I was like, this makerspace is going to be legit. I want to look at it. I want to see some of the stuff that's there. So I go to the makerspace. It's on the second floor, and I'm walking around in. I'm looking at all the stuff. They got, like, 3D printers and, like, vinyl printers and, like, button makers, and I'm thinking of all the, like, cool stuff that we can make for entertain this there, and... All of that stuff's to come, by the way, if you guys are interested in entertaining this merch, we we at least now have a place where we can do it. And I think to myself, spiral staircase, right next to the makerspace, there's a spiral staircase. I remember the entrance 
to the kids part of the library being right next to a spiral staircase. You didn't go up the spiral staircase. You just walked in. <laughs> so I go down. I'm like, it's got to be at the bottom of the spiral staircase. Make my way to the bottom of the spiral staircase. And they have a library like museum where they keep a bunch of first editions of super rare books. It's very interesting to look at. Ooh. I looked over those and I was like, oh, my God, this is this is right next to where the entrance was. I look over and I see I swear the room that used to be the kids library. But now all the walls are painted white and it's an adult learning center. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Time marches on, but I still walk in to the room. Mm hmm. And the little alcoves in the corner. And I'm like, this is the place. And there are computers in here, but they're all Macs. They're all like 2012 at the latest. Right. I'm like, the computers aren't here anymore. They say they don't know anything about the game. I doubt those old computers are in storage somewhere. And I, I the librarian looks at me kind of weird, who's like sitting at the desk. Desk is in the same place, by the way. And I just like <laughs> give her a nod. And I'm like, that's it. And, you know, my heart breaks. I'm like... There's no finding it here. Hmm. So I'm driving home and I'm thinking about this game and I'm thinking about how it's physically gotten me somewhere where I hadn't been in a long time. Though I went there for the makerspace, like I also went there to investigate this further because I was thinking about it again because I was back in the area. And I was thinking about the internet and how powerful it was and how crazy it was that I couldn't find this game. And then I thought about this story that I heard about a bunch of people on Reddit coming together to solve this mystery. It was called the man in the clock. Man in the kind clock. of similar, kind of similar to piggy. It was this vague memory that somebody had of this animation that came on super late at night on like cartoon network or Nickelodeon. And it was like a Rasputin looking character who came out of a clock and sang with a kid. And then at the end he went back in the clock and it was super creepy and it was probably a traumatic memory, but this person was looking for it because they wanted confirmation that it existed. Okay. And they looked it up on a subreddit called a tip of my tongue. <laughs> and it is, where you go and you're like, this is all I have. Please help. Help me find this thing. Yep. Um, now, there's there's a process because that's what the world is full of. It's full of processes. It took, uh, there was a process for me to get a library card for the Cincinnati Library. Now there's a process for me to use these Reddit communities because they're interlocking. You have to go. So there's a lost media subreddit, r slash lost media. You're not allowed posting to r slash lost media unless you know the name of the media that you're looking for. And it's impossible to find. So you have to first know the name. And I'm like, I don't know the name of this game that I'm looking for. So I go to r slash uh, tip of my tongue. And I'm like, here's what I have. Somebody help me. Right. Help me like you did the, the clock man one <laughs> and uh, so many others. There was another one that was this game about it was it, kind of like a Stardew Valley or a uh, or a Harvest Moon game where you mm -hmm. murder your wife and then you spend the entire time trying to hide your wife. And people were looking for that. <laughs> they were like, Telltale Heart video game. But, but here's the thing is, Reddit solved that one too. They found out that it was just a game somebody described in a live stream once. And the original poster was like, this is what I remember is somebody describing this game. It wasn't a game I ever played. It never existed. It was just this live stream bit where this guy described this idea for this game. And then it was never made. And I was like, all right, Reddit, you're two for two. You guys got to pull this one off for me. Like, please. 
So I I proceed to post in both of these subreddits. And if you guys will allow me, I'd like to read you some of these posts that I made uh, <laughs> okay. in search of this game. So let's critique him while he does it. Yeah, sure. You can critique me all you want Maybe while not. I do this. So the first post that I posted about Piggy, there were a lot. And I can tell you that because I'm scrolling through all of them right now. Like, Jesus Christ, I posted a ton everywhere. Uh, <laughs> my, my first one is posted on the tip of my tongue, which is educational kids PC game, early 2000s memory with grandfather. And here's what I wrote. It's a little long, so stick with me. I said, greetings, friends. I was pointing in the direction of this subreddit from many successful investigations that you famously completed, and I'm reaching out my hand for help. I am in search of an educational PC game from the early 2000s, and all I really have is a shadow of a memory from what a, a nice day with my grandfather was at the library. Um, and then I go into talking about the day that I had, but as I get into the, like, more details of it i'm like well this is a game that i played with my grandpa a game that i really enjoyed i said the game was a 3d free roam activity game where you played as a pig i believe the word clubhouse or playhouse was in the title and if i had to take a guess i would say it was piggy's clubhouse or piggy's playhouse but that hasn't got me anywhere some additional details i vaguely remember was that there was a pig it was low poly and moved around fast um faster than i expected uh, there may have been a cast of other characters in the house that you interacted with as you played games, and I'm sure there were multiple rooms that you could explore. I said, the one thing that I can remember, remember crystal clear is the opening animation of the game had a British narrator say the name of the game preceded by Piggy jumping out of an airplane and skydiving from or skydiving to the clubhouse, what I had described to you guys before. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked basically what if anybody could help me. And then the TLDR was my grandfather and I went to the library and I played a game where a pig skydived in the intro and now I want to find it. I got 12 comments. Ooh, pretty good. And Engagement. Yeah, I got I got <laughs> I like people who I got people who wanted to help, right? Mm -hmm. People said, what kind of graphics was it? Was it like Doom? Was it TPS or FPS? First person shooter is not how I would have described this game. <laughs> uh, so that guy didn't really help me too much, but I still appreciate it. Somebody said... Could it be something like Babe? They said there was a Babe game around based off of the movie Babe with a talking pig. Oh, I love that, that movie. It made me cry every time I watched it. It was a great movie, and it might might trigger nostalgia in you, but that was not what I was looking for. Shucks. I said it wasn't Babe, but that did jostle, jostle something in my head. I think instead of a clubhouse, it was something like Piggy in Dreamland. So like he had fallen asleep or been hit in the head with an apple, and he had gone to a dreamland. So Piggy in Dreamland was now what I was thinking the name was. Mm -hmm. And they said, it's not the world of Toddy Pig, right? I looked up that game and I was like, no, that's not it either. People even posted links to other subreddits where people were looking for stuff similar to it. But no dice. <laughs> Could it have been Peppa Pig? It might have been after your time. I don't know. See, that's the funny thing is that I think one of the reasons why I was having such trouble finding this game was because it had been buried by the creation of Peppa Pig. Mm. <laughs> and all those lovely memes. Which yeah. is which is nuts. But it's yeah, when you look adult. up <laughs> when you look up Piggy, now it's all Peppa Pig, or it's the Peppa Pig Roblox game, which is called Piggy. <laughs> so gotcha. it's like 
<laughs> Everything is, is hard. <laughs> so I ended up posting in a different or in a couple of different places. And to no avail, I couldn't find it. Finally, I discovered that Cincinnati itself has a subreddit. That's right? true. I've been there. R slash Cincinnati. Yeah. Subscribe. So, yeah. So I decided to try my luck there because my thought process was if I played this game in Cincinnati, surely some other Cincinnatians played it as well. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a, a fairly logical step, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I say kind of the same stuff in the r slash Cincinnati subreddit. I say, in search of a game I used to play at the Cincinnati Public Library, I described the game in the same way that I did before. And then somebody said, is it Pong Pong's Learning Adventure? I looked that game up. <laughs> Pong Pong. And I was shocked to find out how many educational kids' games star a talking pig. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's so hard to find the right pig game. And I'm like delving deep into this rabbit hole. This was a guy named Dr. Plek. Costomus, Dr. Placostomus is kind of my best guess at what his username is. <laughs> it's a the, of next, mine, yeah. <laughs> the next thing Dr. Placostomus said broke this wide open. Because without giving the update where I had sort of hit on maybe this was Piggy in Dreamland, this person said, Is it possibly Piggy in Numberland? Ooh. Piggy in Numberland. And I was like, I thought it was Piggy in Dreamland, but if Piggy in Numberland is a thing, then maybe that's where I'm getting mixed up. Could be. So I do a quick Google search, Piggy in Numberland, and if you guys do a quick Google search of Piggy in Numberland, I swear to God, the second picture is the pig I was looking for. <laughs> All right, let me search that. Yep. A sh- shitty little, like, early to mid-90s little pig. And <laughs> oh, the no. first... The first picture there is a picture of one of the games that you played. Oh. Oh, so you were like, this is it. I'm like, this is it. This is the game. It's 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 Piggy in Numberland. And I started remembering better. Like, oh, the pig didn't parachute out of a plane. He could fly with his ears. Like, he flapped his ears and he flew. That's what happened. He flew to Numberland, which was a giant toy land. It was made of toys. That's why I thought, like, maybe this is, like, Piggy in Dreamland. And you walked in, and one of the main characters, if you guys look, there's a third image when you search it. It's of Piggy, it's of a panda, and it's of a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. I see it. The The panda has a British accent. Oh. Or some sort of an accent that is a little bit hard to identify. But that panda is always like, you can't go that way, Piggy, and stuff like that. <laughs> that was the voice I kept hearing in my head. So now we got the game, right? We know what the game's name is. Now we got to find a place where we can download it. I'm like, I'm going to download it. I'm going to play it. So something kind of funny. Something kind of funny. Like when you when you look up Piggy in Numberland, one of the first things that comes up is a tip of my tongue subreddit post uh, where the answer is Piggy in Numberland from three years ago. So here's here's the wild thing. Hold on. Once I found out it was called Piggy in Numberland. I discovered an entire community of people who were desperately searching for this game. <laughs> no way. You, If you go on Twitter and you look up Piggy and Numberland, you'll find multiple people tweeting who get the answer Piggy and Numberland, and then that's where it ends. They find the name of it, and it ends there. Hmm. 
and and that's only the people who found the answer. And there are like hundreds across all social media of people who are looking for this game and eventually find the answer, Piggy in Numberland. There is a countless number of people who never find the answer, like me, who give up the search for three years and then eventually hop back into it. Yeah. But here's the problem. We found the game. There's no place to download Piggy in Numberland. Oof. No matter what you do, you cannot find it. If you look up Piggy in Numberland download and you even go to like the piggy in numberland.software.informer.com like whatever and it seems like they have a download button like if you google it it's it's piggy in numberland 1.0 download dash piggy onexe which sounds like it would get you the game right mm-hmm. that gets you put on a waiting list to be emailed when that website gets a downloadable version of the game what is this 1999 so like so like even the pirating websites don't have this game what's what i I just can't believe that it's kind of nuts it is so so then we continue down the kind of google thing we got a piggy numberland review right the piggy numberland review is from january 5th 2001 which is around the time when the game came out Mm mm-hmm so that's an old website. It doesn't give us much, but it gives us a couple of things that we can go off of. Uh, for example, it gives us um, that the company is learning in motion. That's the company that you go through to get Piggy in Numberland. And that's kind of all you get from that. Hmm. Now, you get that from 2001. The next thing that you get is a WorldCat, right? WorldCat is basically the online universal library filing system if it's in a library somewhere that you can get it it ends up on worldcat worldcat is used by pretty much every library across the united states to catalog what they have um oh, and that's, there are that's okay there are six locations that claim to have piggy in numberland which i'm like okay i guess i'm gonna borrow it from a library and i'm gonna try <laughs> to download it that way closest one ball state university you have to be a student to borrow it not huh. a student and for for a couple of hours i was contemplating going back to school in ball state university <laughs> just so i could get my hands on this game like i, I needed a reason sure. anyway <laughs> Why not? yeah that, this game was about to get real expensive <laughs> but ultimately ultimately i wrote that off and i kind of continued my search in other places uh one thing that i did was i followed the path down the game uh, learning learning emotion the the company that put the game out right mm-hmm. i found them now first i found them on twitter and i tweeted at them because that's <laughs> the first thing that you do right yeah uh, and i was like tell us where piggy is damn it that's basically the tweet i sent <laughs> i hope you're more poi but it no, was I hope, much I hope you were harsher. <laughs> but hey, you dipshits! I, yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck is Piggy? <laughs> exactly. So they they didn't respond, but they had a link to their website in their bio. So I was like, to the website, fuckers. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so I went to the website and I found the help desk. Like, email us for help, right? And I emailed them. Uh, I I emailed this company and I was like. <laughs> hey where's piggy uh i can read you the exact email (laughs) i put a swear words in it it doesn't it doesn't have swear words in it and i was trying really hard actually not to swear uh, (laughs) during piggy huh during this but you know you get passionate when you're wondering where your boy piggy's at (laughs) where is he (laughs) 
It's going full so, like Batman on the Joker from the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I sent to this learning in motion company was a lot of what I posted on Reddit. Um, it was a lot of like, hey, this is the reason why I'm looking for it. I swear it's a good cause. Like it's worth looking into it for me. Um, and what I was told by what is now known as legacy games was this isn't our property anymore. We have since moved. We have uh, disconnected all servers and lost a bunch of stuff when we unplugged all the servers during the move. And even if we still had Piggy in Numberland, we no longer have the distribution rights. So we wouldn't be able to legally give it to you anyway. My response to this was, Patrick, thank you for your response and looking into this for me. I was wondering if there was any way of finding out what company Legacy may have partnered with for distribution so I may follow up with them. And they gave me the uh, learning in motion. Mm. So they sent me to the learning in motion website. They were like, here's the website that you're actually looking for. Hmm. So... I go to Learning Emotion and Learning Emotion has a website, but the website is basically all about like textbooks now. Hmm. So they don't sell the game anymore. But the internet has this useful thing called the Wayback Machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and using the Wayback Machine, you're able to basically time travel through the internet. And I was able to pull up a version of the Learning in Motion website using the Wayback Machine that. Uh, it it got me to a different version of the Learning in Motion website. More importantly, it got me to a version that could show me a list of the games that mm. they used to sell, including Piggy and Numberland. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hopefully. <laughs> so I was able to get to a Piggy page, I'm calling it, um, and... It is crappy. It is full of 1990s. Like, as a web programmer, this would make you cry, Michael. (laughs) But it did give me HTML tag. (laughs) It did give me some new information because there are some things in here that uh, kind of broke open the search for me. Like, I got a developed by section developed by a core team of cognitive psychologists, software engineers, artists, and musicians headed by J. Arthur Woodward and Shaw Jing Chow, Department of Psychology, UCLA. All right. So I went to UCLA's website. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. This and isn't a rabbit I, hole. This is a piggy hole. This is a piggy hole. <laughs> and I emailed the professor of psychology, J. Arthur Woodward. Like you do, of course. <laughs> and it here's the problem. I sent, I, I've been sending the same email over and over again, basically describing what I'm looking for. And the emails from J. Arthur Woodward kept bouncing back. They were like, this doesn't exist anymore. This isn't a real email. Um, <laughs> so I went to UCLA's like IT desk and I'm like, hey guys, there's something wrong. <laughs> like, uh, you can fix this. And they start looking into it and they're like, oh, J. Arthur Woodward retired, but I can give you all this information about him like uh, so you can maybe look him up. Yeah. And I was like, OK, but they were basically just giving me information that I already got off the UCLA website. In the meantime, somebody had sent a link via Reddit uh, to a video of somebody playing a game called Stuart in Numberland. Mm. This 
sort of cracked open the case for me in a different direction. It's cracked open a couple times, yeah. but, you know, it keeps cracking. <laughs> uh, it's like an egg. What Stuart in, in Numberland is, is a reskin of Piggy in Numberland where they have taken Piggy out and they put Stuart Little in. You know the mouse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing, Michael, from that laugh, you kind of understand what's going on. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm thinking like you're you're making a memory that doesn't really exist and maybe your brain filled in a gap somewhere. Well, no, because we've already found evidence of Piggy. Okay, yeah, yeah. so Piggy was there. It's just a reskin? Michael, do you want to take a swing at what's going on here? <laughs> I'm lost, dude. Yeah, so it could have been a few things. The first thing that I thought of is that Piggy in Numberland was probably like a prototype to be sold to other larger companies for them to skin it as a licensed property. Oh, that is exactly what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Like the reason why Piggy in Numberland doesn't exist is because... They sold Piggy and Numberland to a different company to skin it with Stuart instead of Piggy. Yep. Oh. And when they did that, they lost all rights to the game with Piggy in it. Yep. Huh. So all the Piggy games got destroyed. You can't buy them anymore. You can't get them anymore. And I was okay leaving it at that because, I mean, this was back in 2003 that Stuart was skinned in there until I realized that Learning in Motion listed Piggy and Numberland for sale until 2016. Ooh. So, as of 2016, you could still buy Piggy and Numberland off of this website. Allegedly. <laughs> now, what I will say, just jumping to spoilers, Learning in Motion refused to email me back. They won't <laughs> yeah. email me back. I've emailed them every day for like a week and a half, and then I gave up because they wouldn't email me back. <laughs> <laughs> you're on a list now i hope you know that they i think if you mention piggy and numberland to them now like they start shaking they won't answer you <laughs> no <laughs> but i did get a a sort of lead by looking up j arthur woodward after not getting a response from him mm -hmm. j arthur woodward had published a number of research papers while at ucla and almost all of them were co-signed by someone named douglas g bonnet Hmm. Okay. Um, that might be how you pronounce his name. It might be Bonnet. I don't know. Um, and I was able to actually find his information as well. So I emailed him. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question. Go ahead. So at this point, is it just like, because you found that like Stuart Little Adventures in Numberland and like I did a quick Google search and like the first thing that pops up is the game on oldgamesdownload.com. I cannot tell you how disgusted I am that you would even suggest I belittle <laughs> Piggy to be Stuart. No, I need Piggy, yeah. Piggy. because he that's what I Piggy. want. Do you understand? <laughs> I understand that I could have had Stuart and this could be over, but that's not where the path led in we my brain. landed home. Wait, 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 wait hold on. I've just noticed something. In the, in the image, in the cover image for Stuart Little Adventures in Numberland, there is a very, very tiny little piggy in the snow globe right next to the little panda. Piggy became the mascot for that development company, but they took Piggy out of the game completely. Oh, that's wrong. So like you can that. see why I don't want the Stuart version. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> hey, mom, can we have Numberland? <laughs> we got no. Numberland at home, we right? Home. <laughs> Stuart. <laughs> Stuart. Stupid little car. 
<laughs> so <laughs> dumb car. I email Douglas Bonnet, we'll say. Okay. And I'm like, uh, hey, I'm trying to get in contact with Professor J. Arthur Woodward. Um in regards to Piggy and Numberland, there is a whole community of people out there who are looking for this game, and I want to help, like, basically complete this part of the internet that is untouched. I want to help fill in this gap. Sure. And I get a very short, very succinct email back, um, and I'm happy that I got an email back at all. I'm very grateful for it, but he said, um, Art passed away last November. Mm. Hmm. So another wall, a very sad, unfortunate wall. And I, at this point, I was so like, I had romanticized, uh, like getting to email J. Arthur Woodward and him being like, I'm glad you like my game. I'm glad that it like had an impact on you. Like to know that I missed talking to this guy who created a game that that I loved by a couple of months kind of sucked. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I, you know, I followed up and I tried to email um, the other guy who helped develop the game. I never got an email back from him. And it was starting to feel sort of hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, there really wasn't much more that I felt like I could do. I mean, I found a couple of people who had contributed to the game, but none of them, like, you couldn't find any of their actual, like, stuff to get the game like you couldn't find any of their contact information right uh and things were starting to seem kind of hopeless so i'm not well versed in like college friend circles like all my friends are adults is basically (laughs) like i didn't finish college so i didn't make friends in college i don't have (laughs) I don't have connections to, to people in college. We're loosely, uh, where am I going with this? I know what you're saying. <laughs> so I start texting Chloe, our fact checker, and I'm telling her all of this stuff as I'm discovering it because this was me hyper fixating for 48 hours. That's when all of this happened. <laughs> it was all in the span of about 48 hours. Um, and like I'm texting do. Chloe yeah. about it. And when I come across the, uh, world cat listing and i see that ball state was one of the places that had it i'm like all right it's muncie indiana chloe grew up in indiana maybe one of her friends ended up going to ball state or maybe she knows like an underclassman who's still at ball state and we can get them to you know get it Mm -hmm. get the game (laughs) um it's at this point that i kind of give the story over to chloe uh, who figured out the rest. So if I could call Chloe up to tell this part of the story. She, hey, there she hey is. Oh, hey, I'm there she is. I'm not going to do my introduction. It feels unnecessary. <laughs> you don't need to fact check anything. You're good. <laughs> um, okay, so I went to high school and did show choir with a guy named Hunter. And um, just for the record, I did not ask his permission to talk about him on this podcast, but I only said his first name. So we're not like yeah, him or anything. Um, yeah, you're good. He's a wonderful guy. Just recently got married. Um, but I messaged him because I knew that he was, he went to Ball State, Chirp Chirp. And um, he was like, I'm actually an advisor there. And I know a bunch of current students. And I, was, I told him the whole story. You know, everything <laughs> you've just heard for the last hour, um, I condensed into a few Twitter DMs. And he was like, well, um, 
let me go talk to the head of the gaming department at the library and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so we were, we're like, somewhere. sweet, we're in. Um, and in the process of this, he got married. So it did take a little bit of time um, <laughs> to work this all out. But we heard as of this morning that. Can I read it? Yeah, go ahead. So we got this message this morning. Uh, this is about two weeks into this hyperfixation <laughs> of Piggy right. and Numberland. We got this DM. I have the game on hold at the library and I plan on picking it up tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully I can Great. pick it up and then have it shipped either tomorrow or Saturday morning. And then you will have it on loan for two weeks. And then he got my address so that he could send it to me. Whoa. He's getting the copy. One of the oh few my copies that exist in the world. <laughs> so out of the six copies of Piggy and Numberland that are still out there and able to be tracked down, one of them is currently en route to me right now. <laughs> It's got to be worth something, you know? Simply because you had a girlfriend I mean, who knew a guy. <laughs> it It is probably worth something. Here's the thing is, I only have it for two weeks. Yeah, like you're yeah. not going to sell so, it. I'm not trying to push that so here's So here's where Michael comes into the story, because Michael is a part of this story. <laughs> Michael, you traitor. You didn't tell me about it. I So I purposefully had Alex not give me all the details. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Michael's our local computer guy. If I need something hacked, I go to Michael. He's the guy who enhances things. Like, enhance. So I go to Michael and I'm like, hey, Michael, uh, do you know if it's possible to take a CD-ROM and extract the stuff from it and still leave it on the disc, but then have a digital copy Break as well? Michael did some quick Googling and found a couple of different ways that it can be done. So it's looking possible. It kind of has to be possible because that's yeah. how they get all these old games archived. Right. But don't copy that. If floppy. all goes according to plan, uh, and I will provide updates, we should be uploading a version of Piggy and Numberland to the internet, hopefully by the end of the year, and we will have filled that gap in so many people's minds and hearts, and we will have uh, created a way for people to walk down this neurological path. And feel this nostalgia once again as they watch Piggy and his giant, weird, magical ears fly into a castle made of toys. And you will get to play Piggy in Numberland. Oh, God. As a follow-up, are we all going to have to play Piggy in Numberland? <laughs> no. It's a of passage. You got to play it. No. <laughs> but if you want to, four. you can. It's it's fun. It has a coloring game. Ooh. All right. All right. Yeah. I got to say, as so, a spectator, it was really fun to listen to that whole story knowing that there was a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, I was on I'm the edge glad. of my seat. I was like, is he going to fucking find it? Is he going to fucking find it? So I emailed him. <laughs> Like, Stop. There, there are so many things out there that, especially in today, are just pure, like nuggets of joy. Like, like little, like you go mining, you're looking for veins of coal out there in the world today. With all the bad stuff mm -hmm. that's happening, there are still things out there that are just pure veins of joy. Mm -hmm. And when you think that you found one, it is precious, and you have to mine for it. You have to get it. Um, and I. I'm glad I can find it and I hope to be able to provide it to, like I said, the hundreds of people I found who also have been searching for this game and can't find it. How long it'll stay up before learning in motion tracks me down and kills me, I don't know. They but I try. plan on keeping it on an external hard drive that I hide somewhere in the world that no one will ever know about, except for like 
there will be a a national treasure list of clues that will lead you to Piggy and Numberland <laughs> for my child to discover so they can re-upload it after my demise. That is that is how deep legacy. into this I am. Hell yeah. Piggy, cough, cough, if Piggy and Numberland cough, cough. is my legacy, I've done okay. <laughs> So thank you all for listening. Thank you for <laughs> tuning right? in. I know that we've been all over the place, but that is the tale of me and Piggy and Numberland. And I hope that you entertained this. I'm looking forward to entertaining it. <laughs> that was awesome. Holy mackerel. What it's a, a big one. What a wild ride. <laughs> I mean, I've kind of done you, that too with, I don't, I don't know if it was games, but, um, I've been successful usually because I played like more well-known games as a kid, like Pajama yeah. Sam and mm-hmm. um, Putt Putt. And there was this one game called Treasure Mountain that was on our, our yep. preschool computer. I remember you that were, one. Like, you were a, a mountain climber, I guess, and you had a net and you captured fairies and they told you riddles. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've definitely been down that same path. My path was not very long as, as yours was. <laughs> it was pretty That's quick. That's what kind of makes this shocking is that it's almost telling that we live in a world where everything is so easy to find yeah. that when you can't find something, it's it's like it's disturbing. It's very concerning. The, the, yeah. The echo of uncomfortable is almost deafening. It's like what happened You're to right. it? It's it's disturbing. It's like it's not on the internet. It's like when you lose something, what? like you misplace your keys or something, and you're like, all right, where the fuck are my keys? Yeah. <laughs> you right. gotta find them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like that, but it felt cosmic. It felt weirdly, it felt like a hero's journey. Right, it was, which is wild. It's way. wild that it felt like a hero's journey. <laughs> huh. Anyway, honestly, uh, Alex, I'm I'm the best part about this all for me is I'm just incredibly impressed by the amount of effort that you put into this. <laughs> <laughs> that's on hyperfixation baby that's that ADHD yeah, running you through my serotonin. Yeah, you didn't need a, that's a right. script you just told a story and I was I was here for it so well played thank you and to anyone who has played Piggy in Numberland and have just started listening to this podcast half paying attention and then halfway through shit your pants you're welcome I hope that I get the game out there for you to play it and I hope that you have as much fun with it as I know I will Guys, we have a quick this this week. We do. Who's taking it? Um, <laughs> was any of us supposed to appear? Uh, I believe it was me. Uh, I think it was Michael. I think it's me. <laughs> it couldn't have been me. You got I something? Haven't, you haven't got went. something ready for us, yeah. Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's hear it. Michael's right. gonna talk about Pajama Sam. Ooh, boy, I could. I could um, too. I could talk about that whole genre of games. While you all were hanging out with Chad Pajama Sam. (laughs) Chad Pajama Sam. I was studying the piggy. Virgin piggy. (laughs) All right. So, awesome. Great. It's going. Uh, Thank you for that top. Uh, Yep. (laughs) So. Take your time. So, we are entering a period of time where, uh, during the year, I become extremely entrenched in a certain fandom. Uh, if you are following along uh, with the video feed that we have, uh, I'm exhibiting a piece of gear of such fandom: uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, uh, oh, sorry, as <laughs> sorry, I had my to. best friend, you're making the 13-year-old me angry. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it. It was very tough to grow up as a Steelers fan in uh, Northern Kentucky and Southern Ohio. 
the nasty natty. You're lucky you're a big guy or you'd have gotten your butt kicked. I definitely, like, I wore a Steelers jersey to a Bengals game game when I was, like, 12. And I got yelled at very loudly and harshly by a very, uh, by a very crude old woman. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a rough experience, but, um, that's traumatic. Yeah. Uh, not nostalgic. Um, (laughs) the opposite, (laughs) but kind of going along with that. So, uh, right now I am in like a very strong period of like feeling affinity towards one thing and, uh, kind of similar to that and following up on the last episode that I did talking about halo. Uh, Mm. I found myself this week going down a rabbit hole. One of such being, um, the old internet series red versus blue. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I started, so we, based on the conversations that we had in last week's episode, I knew that I knew quite a bit about like the halo lore and universe, but like I really wanted to dive back into that. So I did what I do. I put stuff on while I go to sleep. Uh, but <laughs> as you do, as I do, but earlier this week on like Tuesday or something, I woke up to a video of that was the entire first season of red versus blue and that sparked a whole lot of memories Um, oh he went on his own nostalgia yeah i did (laughs) so i went back and i got immediately put back into like my sixth grade self and watching through the first season i had no clue how much red versus blue completely informed my humor for the better for better or worse during that period of time. <laughs> that's also uh, what put rooster teeth on the map. So that's a scary thought. Right. And the, the crazy thing too is, is uh, so red versus blue was an internet series that came out before YouTube. The only way to access it was through the rooster teeth website. And I what? remember yeah. uh, logging on to my either. It was, it was like, bare bare bones uh internet like just past uh dial up uh logging on to the red or the rooster teeth website reading the comics that were like right under the episode every <laughs> single comment section always had like six people saying first um like you <laughs> like, internet's classic yeah and it was just like going back through there was some just incredible uh, character moments through this uh, that I completely forgot about. And that's one of the really cool things about this web series. It started as just something that was supposed to be six or eight like random machinima episodes that is still going today. It is now in the middle of filming its 18th season and it's had five or six different mini series that are tangentially that are like alternate like series to the main to the main series. And now we have the entire company rooster teeth, which is basically founded on the back of red versus blue. Hmm. And it's just absolutely insane to me. This is the third longest running web series only behind Homestar runner. And then another series (laughs) that I've never heard of before called neuro neurotically yours. Mm. Nope. Yeah. No idea. No thanks. But, um, (laughs) but yeah. And so much of like the media that I watch still to this day is directly informed by either Rooster Teeth or Red versus Blue. Um, I mean, like we're people on the internet who's like I spend ninety nine percent of my time on the internet, and they have such a large presence. Whether that is through their main channel, uh, Achievement Hunter, Funhouse, 
uh, or any of their miniseries like Red versus Blue. And it's just absolutely insane to me that this is something that existed and took up so much of my time and psyche during this very informative years that still to this day is going on. I did not know that. Yeah. Red versus Blue. Uh, Here's a... Here's another interesting fun fact that I'm not sure if you knew, but friend of the show, Nick Wolf, who has come on a couple of times, done a couple of things on YouTube for us, actually worked for Rooster Teeth for a couple of years. Really? He was in a couple of Rooster Teeth movies oh, that's uh, down awesome. there in Austin, Texas. I need to bug yeah. him about that. Absolutely, you do. <laughs> he would love to talk about it. He, all through high school, loved Rooster Teeth and said, when I graduate high school, I'm going to go work for Rooster Teeth. And then he went and he did it. And uh, everybody up here was very impressed. It was very cool. <laughs> Anyway, that's another week, guys. That's another episode under the belt. And next week, we are going to have a very special guest come on. We're very excited. Um, I don't know if we should give it away. What do you guys think? Mm, I think no. we're going to have to at some point. Give it give it away to okay, the live I got one viewers, yes. right? I got, okay, we'll give it. Are you going to edit this part out? Oh, okay, bleep it. it out. Bleep it out. Bleep it out. If you guys want to know who who the guest was early, you should have tuned into the live recording. Yeah, you that guys. happens sporadically, either on Wednesday or Thursday. We never tell you guys. You just have to watch for both nights for us to go live at <laughs> six thirty. Usually, Thursday. Yeah. All right. Next next week, we're talking to the author of Ooh, baby. I'm ready. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have a lot of cool questions. I have a really neat segment that I uh, that I have prepared <laughs> that I think is going to be fun for everybody. Um, and it's going to be exciting. Yeah. So anyway, that's another week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening or watching, if that's what you chose to do. Um, guys, we actually, before we go, I'm going to extend the episode a little bit longer. We have a couple of uh, of iTunes reviews. If you guys would like to hear them, um, if you guys want us to maybe read your iTunes review on the show, then leave us a review on iTunes and we might do that. Right. Leave a only, nice one. Or else we're not gonna read only it. if they're like above four stars. Yeah. <laughs> no, if they're bad, I'll for sure read them That's on fair. here. <laughs> we have one that says fantastic is an understatement. That's nice. It's wow. a five star review. It says polite, interesting topics, well-spoken group from the second the episode starts you're drawn into every word apple needs to make a sixth star for entertain this five just doesn't do them justice Aww. so nice guys wow oh so great now ne- neither, uh, neither of you two uh wrote that did you no okay <laughs> apple i don't even uh know her that, that didn't work never mind Please continue. <laughs> okay great <laughs> this one says great show it's five stars it says there are not three better hosts on the internet that know their stuff these guys thoroughly do research about any subject that they are talking about love listening to them their chemistry is fantastic thank you that's awesome so much before, so before very we end sweet. this can i can i read my favorite review yeah sure okay <laughs> no. so this one is by uh, movie fans enthusiasts it's titled oh awesome show alex and nick are so much fun to listen to <laughs> Always entertaining, always funny, great chemistry. If you want a good, entertaining laugh for your morning commute, go subscribe to this show. Thanks, movie fans and, enthusiast. And Michael. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, that could have been uh, during the great Michael Blackout. No, it was. It was. Okay. It was. That's... It was when I was canceling myself. <laughs> it is so. It is so funny that you just read that. I'm actually very happy that you did that. Poor Michael. 
Oh my gosh, what a what a day we've had. If there is any suggestions on what you want to see us cover on the show, maybe there's something that entertained you you think would entertain us, there are a couple ways that you could do that. You could shoot us an email at entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you want, you can go to our website, www.entertainthis.net. You go all the way to the bottom, there's a little survey that you can fill out. Heck, while you're there, you're talking to us, you might as well follow us on our social medias. One of them is our Twitter, it's entertain underscore this, or our Instagram is entertain this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Facebook. We have a Facebook page dedicated to the show where you can group up with people who also watch the show and you can listen there uh, and talk to people who are interested in it. All you have to do is go on Facebook and search podcast entertain this. You'll notice our logo. Uh, our branding is is pretty concrete. So you can find us by just looking for our logo. That's a pretty easy way of finding us. But always remember to add the three dots because any other kind of entertain this just wouldn't feel right. Uh, thank you so much. Entertain us. So we entertain you. And you can entertain this. See you guys next Friday. Goodbye! Goodbye! This episode of Entertain This was written by Alex Steele, with additional commentary from Nicholas Takangas and Michael Savoya. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Retrouble by Aaron Spencer, with interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening. <laughs>